Hello, welcome back to another episode of Spooky Legends. <laughs> this is Folking Legends, the spooky edition. Spooky, spooky, because it is Halloween. We're recording it on Halloween, so it's the 31st of October, and we are recording our spooky edition of Folking yeah. Legends. Halloween, Halloween. I just love Halloween. Do you? No, not really. Oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a song. I do love the song, though. What's the song? I've never heard of that song. Oh, it's, it's a blippy song. The children's. It's a what song? A blippy. Yeah, he's like a children's YouTuber. <laughs> oh my god! Where is he from now? Is he from America? Is he? Yeah, he's an American guy. He's class. It's very good now. That's yes. That's a, I must give him a look now if I'm bored. Do it. Mm. So, what have you got planned for this spooky Halloween? Oh my god, like so many spooky things. And <laughs> <laughs> um, where do I even begin? Well, first of all, we're recording our spooky podcast. So, that's that kind of that's actually my main thing for the day. I'm not going to lie. Um, but it's really weird recording it during the daytime because we always record it at night time. And then I'm like, it's also real weird that we're doing this spooky one and it's daytime. Like, it's very bright outside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like we always record it at night time. Anywho. Well, so, it's, just, it's just we're doing it, doing it during the daytime so we don't get too scared. That's no? true. I thought you were going to say so we don't get too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that too. And, and that. And um, yeah, so doing this and then I'm going to do a spooky food shop (laughs) (laughs) um yeah I just don't really know like I don't really have any plans so I'm gonna go do a food shop I'm gonna get some um some sour beers because I feel like they're a bit Halloween-y I'm gonna drink some red wine because it's like blood oh yeah and um yeah, gonna eat loads of sweets. I actually think I'm just gonna eat loads. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna eat loads, loads of, of shite. Yeah, and watch some scary I'm, movies. Yeah, well, I'm not gonna watch scary movies. Well, I'm watching Hocus Pocus. It's not. I'm, I'm like, I think I'm also gonna watch Hocus Pocus. Yeah, like, not, um, not too scary now. Just yeah, no, yeah, just like 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 kids scary level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, are I'm, you are you and your housemates gonna play some Halloween games? Uh, I don't know. We've nothing planned. No it's one's a- here at the moment. I'm here for myself, so I don't actually know where anyone is. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm really like are we? Are you all doing? I'm kind of like, are you all doing stuff for Halloween? They're, they're probably <laughs> off uh, picking apples. I feel yeah, like that's Halloween. I assumed we'd all just be in the house, and now I'm like, I don't really know where anyone is. So um, I'm gonna go bobbing for apples later. Oh, class! Mm. Very jealous. Oh, he's look. We used to do that all the time when we were kids. Didn't yeah. We? Do you remember that the one where you'd like tied the apple to the string? That was a conker. No, it was an apple and you had to bite it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. You, why did you do it a conker? Although that sounds familiar as well. You also tied a conker with a string and then you had to try and like knock the conker off the string with another conker or something. Oh, I don't remember that one. Huh? All right. Oh. Um, anyway, I don't know. I might play some, might play some spooky games. Go to watch Hope's Focus gonna eat loads of sweets i really want to eat popcorn and minstrels i've had a real craving for it i'm gonna do that and then i also i want to eat 
because I never eat actual sweets. So I kind of want to eat like candy, candy. Yeah, like sugary, soury. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go buy like actual sweet sweets. Basically, I plan on waking up tomorrow without any teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Look, that's my Halloween plan. And me and Daniel are dressing up. You are dressing up later. Yeah. You wouldn't dress up for the podcast. Well, because it was, I haven't got my costume sorted. What are you going to be? What are you dressing up as? Um, I'm going to be like, oh, it's a surprise, but sure, by the time this airs, we'll yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to dress up as Tony Soprano and Daniel's going to dress up as Carmela. Oh, gosh, so you're wearing like your tux? No, I'm going as like, because you know the way he's actually real scruffy. I so, I've never watched The Sopranos. I've also never watched it. And I really want to yeah. <laughs> like, you know the way he's real scruffy, like. <laughs> well, it's like you see photos of him. And stuff. I like, thought he was always in a suit. No, like he's actually a bit like, like he's not that well put together, really. Oh. Um, so, but anyway, like I haven't, I, I remember, I've never watched it properly, but I remember my parents used to watch it. So I'd like see it, you know what I mean? When I was younger, when they were watching yeah. it. And I remember just loads of scenes basically where he'd be in his like dressing gown going down to get the paper. So I'm going to dress up as that Tony Soprano, the one who's like in his dressing gown. In his oh, with like a white t-shirt and boxers. Like a white beater. A white beater. I don't have boxes is the only thing. I'm sure the lads can sort you out. Yeah, no, apparently they don't. They don't have a... <laughs> <laughs> what do they do? <laughs> Tidy whities <laughs> No, but I think they were like um <laughs> uh, so I think they were like you know like like tight boxers, so not like boxer shorts. So you know, like annoying. Uh, I know what you I mean. want is kind of like swim trunks basically. Yes. Yeah. So I think they yeah. Hipsters, I believe, are the style of boxer. Oh yeah? Yeah. I remember being told that um on a <laughs> it's really weird I'm actually going to stop talking like it's a really weird thing to say we have to I, just remember, I just remember being on a date once and uh, the guy describing the type of boxers that he normally wears and then referring to them as hipster <laughs> <laughs> but it was like it, that sounds like a really weird thing but I think it was like he was telling a story basically of, which also maybe is really weird but I think he was telling a story of like he was like cycling somewhere and he, it was like he used to get like his thighs used to chafe, so then he like changed his style of boxing. So, such a um, charming date talk. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that. There's the, that's the kind of shit rabbit hole I end up on a date. <laughs> oh, I hope he's not listening. I hope he is. Awful. <laughs> um, moving swiftly. On. Moving swiftly on. Also, actually, sorry. Speaking of dating. <laughs> Oh God! I got I got real excited. Well, I got real excited, and then I obviously got real sad because like COVID or whatever. But do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm like low key obsessed with mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't even say it's that low key. Like I feel like I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty vocal about my my mustache obsession. Um, but I just realised that tomorrow's November. Oh, so you're going to be 
having a very nice time for the month. Oh, I think just going to be out trawling the streets of Dublin looking at fellows with their moustaches just having the absolute time of Just life. absolutely parched walking around Drew. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I mean. I was like, oh, I was like, it's my time to shine now. It's moustache season. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, we're in lockdown for all of mustache season. Oh, yeah, but like, we're, we're finished, aren't we, like the 1st of December, so hopefully they won't have shaped. Um, it's called Movember. I'm like, that. I pretty much, the whole point is I think that you shave like on the 1st of December. Uh, they might keep it. I don't know. Hopefully, for me, I'm like, maybe they'll well, sure. yeah. podcast and hear my, hear my, uh, hear my please. Hear my, my keys, be like, please. Hair. Men of Dublin, keep your moustaches until lockdown's over. <laughs> uh, um, did, sorry, I'm just like, sorry, going on such a rant here now about moustaches. Even like, um, Julie's brother has a moustache now. And I saw, <laughs> no way. I can't imagine him with a moustache. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like obsessed. I bumped into clean it. His girlfriend um in the park one day. We were both both out for a daily walk, both into the park. And I was just like, oh my god. I was like, tell Stephen to say hi. And I was like, tell him I'm obsessed with his mustache. And she was just like, Becky, she was like, that is not the kind of encouragement we need. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, we don't want him to keep it. We want him to get rid of it. And I was like, I don't know, clean it. I was like, I'm just such a big fan. I was like, I can't lie and say that I don't <laughs> Oh, I just think they're great. That's so funny. Did you change it from the spooky episode to the mustache? The mustache. <laughs> mustaches. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of mustaches now. They tickle my lips. I couldn't imagine you with a guy with a mustache. I feel like you like a clean shaven face, do you? Oh, not too clean. Oh, <laughs> I like it a little bit rough. Bit, bit, a, bit, <laughs> a bit rugged, you know. Not like, no, not like smooth. Bit of facial hair is nice, yeah. Oh, very good. But no, no mustaches. No mustaches, no beards. Thank you very much. Oh, so you when you say a bit of facial hair, you mean like literally like they didn't shave today, but maybe they shaved yesterday. Uh, I can do a few days of not shaving. Okay. I find that the worst bit because it's like the scratchiest bit. No, not if they moisturise. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly the men I've been with have never been good at moisturising. <laughs> never had that luxury of a soft face. Uh, my story this week is on... I hope I pronounce this right now because I have to say it loads. The Doolahan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Class. Yeah. Have you heard the story? No. Okay. Well. I'm going to tell it. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. So, the Doolahan. So, said so about 50 million times there. So, so, so. Are you familiar with the infamous Headless Horseman? I have heard of the Headless Horseman. Exactly. He's a very famous chap. That, uh, very infamous chap. That, uh, yeah, he did loads of stuff. He has his own movies and all. What's that, Sleepy Hollow and stuff, isn't it? Yeah. I'm also like, I have 
a little story about the headless horseman horseman <laughs> the headless horseman but i but i'll wait till the end okay yeah wait till the end there right so the headless horseman we've all heard of him plenty of movies out there about him but did you know where he comes from so he originally comes from celtic folklore and he was known as the Doolahan. So, the Doolahan rides on a black horse, sending out sparks and flames from its nostril, nostrils as it gallops. The horse, not the Doolahan. The horse. <laughs> um, so, he uses a human spine as a whip, and he carries his head with him, either on the saddle of his horse or held up high in his right hand. The head itself is said to be is said to resemble the texture and color of stale dough or moldy cheese. Yum. Are stale dough and moldy cheese the same texture and color? I mean, I wouldn't have thought so. But apparently. But apparently. That's yeah. what that's what it says. So on the face, so of this membered head that he carries around is this like hideous evil grin that like is goes from like ear to ear. Oh, split. like the joker or something? Yeah, splits the old face in half. Sorry, question now. Is this his own head or is this someone else's head? His head. Okay, his own head. Yeah. Um, and his eyes are small and black, but they can see for vast distances across the countryside. Oh, so the head's like still alive? Yeah, ish. Like he can uh-huh. see with his head. That's why he carries it around, like, and holds it up in the air so he can oh, see. Oh, oh my god! Far away and stuff. Um. So he also um, the head also glows like a lantern. Oh, Jesus Christ! It's a handy old head, isn't it? <laughs> it is. You can see for miles. It lights up so you can see the road in front of you. Um, in case you get scared. Yeah. <laughs> So he uses that to guide his way through the night. Sometimes the Doolahan can be seen um, driving a black coach, which you can see in, you know, that movie, um, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, but like so long ago, you know. I've seen it so many times. Like I remember it loads. I remember the carriage and all. And anyway, so the Doolahan makes an appearance in that movie and he's driving the, the carriage. Okay. And it's pulled by six black horses. So the coach itself is called the Coach Bower from the Irish Cush de Bower, meaning deaf or silent coach. So you can't hear the coach coming like it's. <gasps> Although, maybe, yeah. Um, okay, so. <laughs> I'm like, there's something later on in this story that that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I spot a contradiction. Yeah, wait a second. Um, so this carriage, or yeah, this black coach, it travels so fast that the friction that it's created by its movement sets fire to the bushes along the side of the road. Um, and all the gates fly open to let the coach through. So if they're coming up to like... Um, yeah, a lock gate that has like chains around it or whatever, it will open before it. So that's the power of this this yoke. Magic. Magic. So if you happen to see him pass by though, um, that's not ideal. 
you you won't be having a great time now <laughs> if that happens. Um, so the punishment for seeing him drive past is either having a bucket of blood thrown in your face. I don't know whose blood. Or what? Just doesn't sound great. It wouldn't be ideal, no. Or um, be struck blind in one eye. So it's advised that you know on certain festival nights, like Halloween, um, or other Celtic festivals that they celebrate. They're the nights that he like comes out. So like on those nights, you're supposed to like stay inside, close your windows, don't look at your windows. Or else you might see him. Um, Now, if he stops where you are, that's the worst. You want him to keep going. Because if he stops, basically wherever he stops, someone's going to die. Yeah, so he stops and he calls out your name. And when he shouts your name, um, it draws your soul out of your body. Basically, you're dead. Shit. Yeah. Um, so this name of the person who will die is the only time that the disembodied head is permitted to speak. So this is the head that he carries, shouts the name. But other than that, like, he can't speak. Okay. All, he, all that he, you'll hear from his mouth is that. Um, but yeah, it comes from the head, so that's creepy. Um, he also may stop at the very spot where a person will die. Oh, so like he, later? Yeah, like later on, as a warning of like someone's gonna die here, type thing. Um, now, if you want to defend yourself against him, there's no real defense, obviously, because he is Death's Herald, and you like that's his job. Oh, so he's like he's Death, like he's Death's Herald, as in like he will call people to die, but it's not like Death. Does that make sense? Yeah. Would you not think? But is he like the Grim Reaper kind of thing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So then he, he'll like be like, yo, it's your turn now. Yes. Yeah. So you can't escape. There's no escape in death. Yeah. 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 But um, he does have an irrational fear of gold. Oh. So throw some gold at him. Now, real gold, not your fake looks like gold turns green in the water type yeah, gold. No, no fake hoops from pennies. No. Real, <laughs> some real solid gold. Anyway, throw that at him and he might run away. Oh. Um, be like splashing a cat with some water. Okay, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the origins of who the feck is he, right? So... They're not known for certain, but it is believed that he is the embodiment of the ancient Celtic god Chrome Dove or Black Chrome. Oh. Right? So he was worshipped by um, the prehistoric king. Don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right. Tigermas. Tigermas. Go. Was 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 uh, was Chrome Dove uh, one of the two to them? And I don't think so. Okay. They are not mentioned. Okay. So maybe like before them, they must be really old. I don't know now because it's around the time the Christians come. Oh. Well, he's being worshipped, so I suppose he could have been worshipped for a very, very, very long time. Um. Oh, it says here actually, who ruled Ireland 
1500 years ago. That wasn't that long ago. No. So he, well, so he it was a while ago, like, but you know, yeah, but it wasn't like, <laughs> like in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he legitimized human sacrifice. Um, and this chrome dove was a fertility god and he demanded human lives every year and the most favoured method of sacrifice was decapitation. So the worship of chrome dove continued in Ireland until the 6th century. Are those timelines not adding up? Oh, there. The 6th century is like 500 and something, 80. Oh, yes, yeah. Thanks, mathematician. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> you, girl. <laughs> um, so this that's when the Christian missionaries arrived from Scotland and announced all such worship and under their influence the old sacrificial religions of Ireland um lost favour and he was um he was denied his annual quota of souls <gasps> and that's when he took the physical form which became known as the Doolahan. So he had to come to Earth himself to collect souls because they weren't being sacrificed to him anymore. Oh. Um, so now I have now I have a couple of stories oh. from witnesses. Oh. Yeah, so one of them is from this guy called W.J. Fitzpatrick from County Down. Um, and he says that He's seen the Doolahan himself stopping on the brow of the hill between Brinesford and Money Scalp late one evening, just as the sun was setting. It was completely headless, but it held up its own head in its hand, and I heard it call out a name. I put my hand across my ears in case the name was my own, so I couldn't hear what it said. When I looked again, it was gone, but shortly afterwards, there was a bad car accident on that very hill. And a young man was killed. So it had to be his name that the Doolahan was calling. So yeah, as I said, he'll stop kind of to foreshadow. Um, and then the other one is an account from County Galway. And there's no name on this one, but a man was on his way home one night between Roundstone and Bally Con- Connealy and was just getting dark. And all of a sudden he heard the sounds of horses' hooves pounding along the road behind him so you see what I mean is it silent or did he hear them but anyway uh, looking around he saw the Doolahan on his um, coach hurtling towards him at a fair speed and with a loud shout he made to run but the thing came after him gaining on him all the time and it would have overtaken him and carried him away he couldn't outrun it but he dropped um, a gold headed pin from the folds of his shirt on the road behind him um, and then there was a, this roar in the air above him. And when he looked again, the doula him was gone. Oh. So there is two stories. And that is the story of the, the Doolahan. Head- the headless horseman Doolahan. Um, also, sorry, I forgot to mention my sources. Doolahan.com. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> Quite literally, it's literally you go on to it and it's just the story. That's it. There's nothing else on there. There's no menu or anything. There's no authors. I don't know who wrote it. Um, and then there was also, um, I also had a little look at, um, 
irishcultureandcustoms.com, which is pretty much the same story. It's slightly different, differently written by Bridget Haggerty. So they're my sources. That's the story. There you are. Very good. I enjoyed that, Mary. I didn't know that. Um, that just you saying that reminded me that I'm like, I didn't look up my sources, which I never do because it's awful at doing that. Um, so I just was checking something there, one of my sources. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that's very good. I didn't. I didn't really realize that the headless horseman had anything to do with Ireland or Irish mythology. You know what I mean? Like I thought it yeah. was like something that was like created by America or something. Me no. too. Oh, me yeah. too. Yeah, well, like the Brothers Grimm or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they do. I, I, thought, I thought it was like a new sort of like yeah fairy creature thing. Um, so you know, very interesting, but also, I'm like, I suppose everything's based off something. Like, actually, I was looking up the mark when I was looking up the Morrigan, and it was like the Morrigan appears as a character in like loads of contemporary like TV shows and, and loads of video games and like movies and stuff, yeah. Um, but I guess the kind of thing where, like, you wouldn't realize that she was came from like folklore if you just had seen the movie. Yeah, so, like, I don't think that like she was just a character in the movie. Uh, apparently, she's in Dungeons and Dragons as well. Oh, very good. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, my um my headless horseman thing story um is that do, do you remember I was t- talking to the Talking to you about that walking tour I did of like Dublin Eight. Yeah. Yeah. So um it was really good. It's called In Our Shoes Walking Tour, I think. Um very good. Now if anyone has an hour to spare wants to hang out. I don't know if they're actually doing that at the moment because like we're in lockdown, but um, it's really interesting. But um this one bit anyway, he we were kind of like near Pimlico. Yeah, we were kind of like around Pimlico or sort of like the back like behind Thomas Street kind of um and he was basically telling us of like where the headless horseman kind of thing came from because it was to do with grave robbers and like they, there'd be loads of grave robbers around there and they used to ride um on horses like in the dead of night and they'd be like really quiet but because they didn't want to reveal who they were, they'd wear their um, cloaks up really high, like on their, oh, like on their heads, so that if you were looking at it, you'd just see like the shadow of kind of like a neck. You wouldn't be able to see that they had a head. And apparently, kind of where one of the um, stories of like the headless horseman comes from. Very good. Yeah. There you are. are you reading? Cheese. Just a slice of cheese. Yeah. Go on. Are you waiting? Sorry. Go for it. Yeah. Okay. Are you gonna are you gonna drum roll me in? <laughs> um bum 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 bum. <laughs> no. You messing. Is that what I get? Is that what I get? Dun 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 I don't know how to do a drum roll. Dun 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 <gasps> How do I do it? I don't know. I just say, dun, 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 dun. That's 
sorry. Vicky's story. Yeah. Yeah, just do it myself. I mean, that's grand. Don't bother. I'll just do it myself. It's fine. Um, okay, so my tale takes place in Rack Croton in Roscommon, which was the um ancient royal capital of Connacht. So this is where the likes of the Tombow Cunha took place. And it was the royal seat of one of our favorites, Queen Maeve. So it's where Queen Maeve lived. Very um, good. Yeah. So um, so yeah, Rock Robin was was the kind of townland or whatever, and it was the, the royal capital. And uh, the place in particular that I'm going to mention is called known as Al Nagat. Uh, which roughly translates to Cave of the Cats. Um, Ooh, yeah. love cats. Spooky, spooky cats. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> yeah, Halloween cats. Yeah, Halloween cats. Um, so yeah, Anagot is a cave that um, is in Rockcrotton in Roscommon. Um, and it is known as the entrance to the other world. Um. So I'm not sure if we've touched on this much. Well, it's kind of been mentioned, but the other world is um, the realm of the deities and of the dead. So in terms of Irish mythology, it was the dwelling place of the Tua de Danon. Tua de Danon. Drink, drink, drink. Drink, drink, drink. drink. Um, so yeah, in, um, in Irish mythology, the other world kind of comes in a few different guises. So um, Tierna Nog is actually thought of as the other world, but then you also have like Chalk Doon, which is um, House of the Dark One. So that was kind of also the other world. Um, and Chalk Doon is uh, the kind of place where the souls of the dead would um, travel to. And it's not really known if like this was their final destination or if they traveled to Chalk Doon before then reaching their final uh, destination in the other world. But yeah, so anyway, the other world, it's kind of a, a spooky magical place. <laughs> um, okay, so as we, as we well know, um, the veil between um, our world and the other world is kind of lessened um, during sound. <clears throat> and this coincided with the emergence of various creatures from Oanagat. Um, so one of these creatures was um, Ellen Trecken, which was a tree-headed monster um, that laid waste to all of Ireland before it was eventually killed by the hero American, who was um, MacNace's brother-in-law. I don't know if you remember MacNace, who's Conqueror MacNace who was the leader of the kind of Ulster men when um, Cúcullin, remember when Cúcullin went up to join the Macha, he was like the... Yeah, I remember, I remember his name now. Yeah, I think I called him Nessa. Yeah, yeah, so MacNessa. Nessa, yeah. yeah sounds, sounds, sounds more Irish. Um, so yeah, so there was, that was a three-headed monster that emerged from Onagot. Um, there was also a horde of small red birds that emerged. Uh, so these, these creatures all emerged during sound. So there was a horde of small red birds that emerged that withered every plant they lay their breath on. 
Um, there was also a herd of pigs with decaying powers, um, which uh, Queen Maeve herself had to desperately hunt to stop them or stop their destruction of Ireland. Um, it is known to be the dwelling place of the fairy folk. And there's a story of Maeve's servant um, who wandered into the cave and became enchanted um, by a fairy woman who then foretold about how Maeve's palace at um, Rock Croton uh, would be burnt to the ground by uh, creatures who emerged from the other world on the next seven. So this caused Maeve to, um, the next year, set up a big kind of fortress and she she uh, readied herself for battle, but it actually never came. Um, so I don't know, the fairy folk telling fibs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it also said to be the birthplace of Queen Maeve. Um, so there was this goddess and fairy queen, Aton, who was um, fleeing from her human husband, who she she wasn't in love with. Uh, and she was fleeing with her fairy lover, Maeve. Um, and Meter um, had a relative named Shinach, which uh, translates to the large-breasted one. I love, I love all these. Ooh. Uh, so yeah, he had this relative named Shinach who lived in the cave, and he wished to travel there with Aton, kind of seeking her protection um, from like the sort of mortal world. Um, and Aton's sister, who um, was also said to be kind of like her servant, um, which I don't really understand. Like, Aton's a goddess and a fairy queen, so why is her sister a servant? I'm like, a bit funny at that one. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm like, shit luck. Um, but yeah, anyway, so Aton's sister and servant um, was kind of completely enamored with the cave when she got there. And Aton... Um, allowed her to stay in the cave. And then uh, she gave birth to a daughter who went on to become Queen Maeve. Aww. Yeah. Um, and there's someone else who, who likes to hang out at Onagot, our very own Phantom Queen, the goddess of chaos and destruction, the Morrigan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... The Morrigan was said to kind of have guardianship over the cave um, and over the kind of portal between the two worlds. And this is where she passed kind of back and forth between um, the mortal world and the other world. Um, she also had um, a herd of otherworldly cattle, uh, which she would drive into the cave at sunset. So I don't remember. I think it was maybe last week's story, week four, I can't remember. But, um, when I was talking about the Morrigan and it was like she kind of drove the cattle towards Cucullin while well, this was like a herd of otherworldly evil cattle. Uh. So they were kind of feared and then at night time at sunset she would drive them back into the cave and back into the other world. Um, there's also a story one time the Morrigan stole um, a mortal woman Odra's cattle um, and Odra made the terrible mistake of um following the Morgan into the cave uh, and the fierce queen turned her into a lake. Lake? Yeah. Like a body of water. <laughs> Random. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so Onagot 
known as uh, or translates into Cave of the Cats. And this comes from one of the challenges set forth during a Brick Ruse feast. What's Brick Ruse feast, you ask? Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you all about it. What is it? Brick Roost. Brick Ruse. Ruse. So B R I C or I bother you, I think. Brick Roo. Oh, okay. So brick, brick. So um, brick crew anyway was kind of a mischievous and notorious troublemaker. Um, so one day he invites all the nobles of the Uyad, you know, the, the kind of Ulster and the Maha, uh, to a feast. Um, but before the feast starts, he visits um, three heroes. So one, one of these heroes is our main man. Fiona Kill. No. Could call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one I prefer. I, I prefer Phil McCool now, though, don't I? McCool's a bit of a dick. He is, yeah, but but he, he crops up again. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, he's, he's, a, he's kind of our boy. You know, he's a dick, but we love him. Do we? I don't know. I don't know. But also, I'm like, if you look back into, like, I was looking at Queen Maeve's husbands, and she had a rape him, so I feel like everyone was just getting whatever. It was just kind of normal. Just what, what was done. Yeah. Oh, to be back in those days. <clears throat> the glory days. The glory days. Um, so yeah, so anyway, he, he visits um, three heroes before the feast starts. So he visits Kukulun, he visits Conal Kjernok and Logra Budach. <laughs> great, it's great pronunciation. Great pronunciation, I know, right? <laughs> uh, oh, I, would you believe I actually practiced those earlier, but you couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he visits those three. And he visits each of them privately and he basically tells each of them that they deserve uh, um, the champion's portion, right? For being the mightiest of heroes and warriors. So basically he's kind of like playing each of them. Um, so the champion's portion at this feast uh, is a roast boar, a cauldron of wine and a hundred cakes of wheat baked in honey. So basically like a hundred honey biscuits. Ah. Sounds class. Be all over that. I'm like someone walked. <laughs> I need. I need someone to cut the meat off the boar for me, but then I'd be good. Oh yeah, it's fine. I'm sure. You could ask. Boar wench. Boar wench. Please peel my meat off my boar. <laughs> possibly do it um, so yeah, anyway, so, so yeah, he tells each of them that they deserve the champion's portion for being the mightiest warrior. Um, so when <clears throat> when all of the Ulster men get to the feast, the three warriors stand up at the same time to um, to claim it. And then obviously they're like, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> um, and then kind of fighting sort of starts to break out. Um, so to settle this, fighting between the three of them, they embark on a series of challenges to test their skill and courage. The two kind of main challenges uh, involve them going to Connacht and Munster, which was kind of the other big um, kingdoms at the time. Um, so, so obviously we're over with Queen Maeve in Connacht, in Rackrotten, next to, you know, the portal to the other world. So... It's spooky. <laughs> it's spooky. It's spooky. Uh, yeah. 
So the cave, so the cave um, was so feared by the, the people of Ireland, um, even by our three heroes, that their challenge was to spend one night in the cave. Um, and this would test their bravery and their courage. So the the three uh, the three our three heroes uh, descended into the cave, which uh, so yeah so their challenge was to just spend the night. So that's all I had to do: spend one night in the cave. Um, so they were down in the cave in the darkness, um, pitch black. They couldn't see anything. They couldn't hear anything but the sounds of their own breath. Um, yeah. Could they? Could they all be together? There was a chill. They were. They were all together. Yeah. So they were all in the cave. Together. Um. So. So that's fine anyway. And during the night, while they were all in the cave, and it was silent in the cave, suddenly they heard this this kind of terrible growling sound um, and three cats were let loose from the darkness upon the heroes um, and now of course these weren't any ordinary cats they were beasts of magic from um, the other world so the three heroes spent the night in the cave fighting um, fighting the cats um, eventually the other two Fled, so they ran away, and Cucullin stayed and fought the cats, and he emerged. Run, Cucullin! Glorious, yeah. Um, and then that's how the cave became known as Elmagat, or um, uh, cave. Um, however, so whoever. Uh, so the other two didn't accept this victory by Kukulam, um, because they said it didn't count because they were fighting beasts and they weren't fighting men. And to, yeah, it's kind of stupid, like, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, that is like the the fear, the best hero uh, uh, had to be kind of like the best amongst men. Um, so they... They went down then to Munster, to uh, Kuri, who's the king of Munster, and he was a wizard-like character, so he was kind of a bit odd. Um, <laughs> so they had another challenge there where, again, Kukulin was proclaimed as the champion, but again, the other two refused to accept it. Oh, um, wow. So eventually, the three make their way back to uh, Eamon Macha, um, and each of the heroes are challenged by a giant curl to cut off his head. Uh, so they're allowed to cut off his head on the condition that the curl is allowed to cut off their heads in return. So first Logair and then Connell um, take up the challenge and they cut off the curl's head. Um, and the curl, by the way, is able to pick it up and leave. So you know, he's not dead. He gets, so he's like, oh, oh, he can put it back on. Like, yeah, yeah, he's kind of a magical, mysterious kind of. Interesting, creature. interesting. Um, <clears throat> so, so that's fine. But then the curl returns the following night, obviously to cut off their heads in return, and they are nowhere to be seen. Um, so. 
Then the next day, Cucullan chops off the curl's head and the curl um, turns up that night and it transpires only Cucullan, or Cucullan's the only one who lives up to his side of the bargain. So Cucullan stretches out his neck um, on a stone for um, the curl uh, to put his axe onto. And then the curl actually ends up sparing his life because uh, he recognizes his courage and his honor. Uh, so then the curl reveals himself to be the Kuri uh, in disguise um, and then announces that Kukulun is the undisputed champion and he wins the board. There you go. Very good. Yeah. So that's kind of the story of how Onagot um, got its name uh, during Grikru's Feast or during the tale of Grikru's Feast, which is, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> Brickford's <laughs> uh, Feast is one of the longest stories, basically, in Irish mythology. I found a PDF of it earlier, and it's like 50 pages long. It's very long. So it's like one of the biggest, like most epic tales in Irish mythology. Oh. I've never even heard of it. Um, but anyway, so the cave kind of remained this um, feared place because the three heroes were all, um, were all scared of it. Um, and of all the things that had happened there. Um, and then as Christianity sort of took hold in Ireland, the cave remained um, remained feared. And um, Christians kind of um, began to recognise it as the entranceway to hell. So they kind of associated the other world then with the idea of hell. So it's now known as um, the gate to hell. Uh, yeah. And there's one tale from the kind of recent past. Um, so it's a tale from the ancient 18th century. Um, and it tells of a woman who ends up in the cave because she um, is trying to catch a cow of hers that ran away. And she follows it into the cave and manages to emerge miles away in County Sligo. That's like a real life. What? Yeah. Yeah. No way. Yeah. <gasps> what do you mean? Like, <clears throat> I don't know. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? She went into the cave in Rathcommon and came out in Sligo. Yeah. The cave's magic. She went through the other world and came out back into our world. Maybe she remained in the other world. Who knows? Or there's another entrance to the cave in Sligo. Got lost. Oh, there's another entrance to the cave. That's I like that. Now I didn't know this is a real place, and I really want to go there. It's yeah, a class. So I um I found it. My mate Sam told me about it because uh, he listens to the Almanac, which is a podcast kind of type thing on RT by your man's name, who I can't pronounce, but I always find it gas because it's like his name is basically like Mangan Mangan, but neither word is Mangan. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. His name is Monchon Magan. Oh so my god! It's like it's like his first name looks like Mangan, and his second name looks like Mangan, but neither of them are Mangan. Oh my god, it's so funny. Um, well, he, yeah, he does this. Um, he does this kind of podcast on RT One, and one of his podcasts, he goes to this cave. I really want to go to. I'm actually dying to go to a cave. I. 
I would actually highly recommend you listen to it. It's quite funny. She's like, I'm in the cave now. <laughs> Very dark. <laughs> and he's like, and I brought a book with me for some reason. So I don't have any spare hands. He's like, I don't know why I brought a book with me to a cave. <laughs> there he is. Yeah. Very good. Um, oh, can we go there? Yeah. Do they do tours? No, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's literally just in someone's field. But, like, you know, like those um, caves that are in Kilkenny? Yeah, the darkest uh, cave in Ireland. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know. They were deadly. I really want to go back to them. Oh, yeah. I actually never went to them. I was meant to go to them. Oh, Dying to go to a cave. Amazing. Amazing. See some underground rocks. Oh, yeah, you'd love that, actually, wouldn't you? Mad for Like, your love for rocks and for spooky can combine. <laughs> glorious, glorious evening in the cave. Uh, yeah, we need to do that. Better not do it now, though. Probably not, no. Wait, 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 uh, very good. That was cool. There you go. Now, yeah. So there was my tale of the the gateway to hell, uh, which is a real place, and it's in Roscommon. Who knew? Who knew? I didn't. Yeah, be good for something in Roscommon, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when I was looking up like scary stories for Ireland, um, I came across one about the Phoenix Man. What's that? Have you not heard about the Phoenix Man, Rega? No. Oh my God. Okay, I need to tell you this story very quickly then because you live right you beside... Save it for... No, no, no. Is it something to do with Phoenix Park? Yes. Mm. You live right beside Phoenix Park. And uh, I, yeah, so I thought this one would be a really good one for you. I actually just presumed you would have heard of it. Um. Oh, do you know what? I can't fucking find... Um, the story I was reading earlier, but basically, it's a story about oh, a few different things now. Kind of, basically, it's about some guy or some guy, some mythical creature of some sort, the Phoenix a Man, Phoenix. the Phoenix Man, and he lives in Not the man, but the body of the Phoenix, <laughs> the body of the Phoenix. Right, I'll say here it is. Right. So this is from IrelandBeforeYouDie.com. And it's called Phoenix Park. Okay, so this is what it says. Phoenix Park is a magical place for a picnic or a day trip to the zoo or some deer spotting. But beware. Oh. Once the sun goes down and darkness reigns, more ominous patrons of the park come to play. Very creepy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the Phoenix Man is a key figure an ill-fated creature we've all been warned about too many times. Spotted sporadically and sometimes caught on film, the Phoenix Man... Apparently, I mean, I haven't seen the films, but apparently, the Phoenix Man comes out at night and is known to groan and moan in a low and painful way from the bushes. Um, So stick to the... So stick to the pathways and never walk alone at night. You never know when he will come about. That's what it says. Uh, so yeah, Becky, don't go walking in Phoenix Park at night, please. <laughs> I mean, I never would walk in Phoenix Park at night by myself. Um, 
I'm also right. there might be a lot of Phoenix people in Phoenix Park <laughs> moaning and groaning in the bush. <laughs> Has he been one of them? Uh, can confirm here now. <laughs> I've, I've never, I've never been in the bushes of Phoenix Park, Moni. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah, look into that now. That's a, that's a thing. I think there's more, more detailed stuff about yeah, it. How ominous it sounds, but then also how much it literally just sounds like there's sort of like um, a serial rapist or serial killer on the loose. Oh, okay. So I just found a picture um, of the Phoenix Man. Oh my god, it's real creepy, Rebecca. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you can see this, right? But see him there. Oh yeah. Oh, he looks like a deer, kind of. No, that's that's a deer. Well, I don't know. I know that's a deer. <laughs> <laughs> it actually is a deer. Uh, yeah. Sorry, he looks all spindly. Yeah, it says some describe him as a young, slender figure, while others describe him as a grotesquely out of shape, middle aged man. <laughs> uh, yeah, low moans and grunts. I feel like this is a piss take, Jess. This isn't. Oh my god! I'm like, was this, this isn't. Uh, was this written on April Fool's Day? No, I'm after reading. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. <laughs> So after going on to another site right there to find more information about it than the other one and uh, it's that picture I just showed you that is from Waterford with first news. <laughs> um, so that, <laughs> that might not be him. Uh, well, it's not like it's it's urban legends so it's not necessarily fake but I'm just like I don't know how real that picture is. There's a few scary ones on this. I mean, Waterford Whispers could have used the picture. Yeah. Oh, there's a few real good scary things on this about the limbo school. Oh, there actually is. These are urban legends. This isn't like Waterford, Whis- Waterford Whisper as usual spin, I don't think. I don't know. I don't want to believe anymore now. But yeah. Uh, look into him anyway. Yeah. I'll just go stand at the Phoenix Park tonight and see what happens. I mean, please don't. I will see that. Oh, okay. I have to go bob for some apples now, so. Um, Happy Halloween. And the next time, Rebecca, the next time we speak, well, not me and you speak, but the next time we speak on this, you'll be a year older. No, oh my god, don't, don't remind me. I mean, you're still in your 20s, so yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. 29 was always the year that was going to be the year of my life, so uh, it wasn't, but yours might be. I'm real, like, right, 29 in my prime, it's prime <laughs> number. Okay, <laughs> the mathematician, yeah, I'm real, like, I'm, I'm I don't know why, but I'm kind of stoked. With- Fact twenty nine is a great number. I my birthday is the twenty ninth of June. Yeah. So is my mother's. Well, she's twenty ninth of July, but twenty nine, twenty nine. Twenty nine, twenty nine. Yeah. Twenty nine's uh, class number. Feeling good about twenty nine. 
Uh, do you have any plans for your birthday? I am. So my birthday day, I've taken off work. Uh, I don't really have any plans. I'm going to go buy myself some house plants. That's my plan on my birthday day. Fun! I'm pretty, actually pretty excited about that. And um, on my, on Friday, I'm, I'm for a takeaway, we're going to get hang dye, um, which I'm really excited about. They do this meal deal that's called the disco meal deal, right? Ooh, we so love disco. Four starters, four mains, uh, you get a jug of cocktails, you get four shots and you get a free disco ball. Oh! I know, Class! Right? So I'm going to get that. So I'm going to get that on the Friday. Amazing. Um, so that'll be fun. And then on Saturday, I have a ticket to Kylie Minogue online. <laughs> <laughs> Her online concert. Well, my online concert on Saturday. So I actually got loads of plans. Loads! Oh. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening to our spooky special. Hope you guys enjoy. Spooky special. Hope yeah. you can sleep tonight. Hope you all have a gorgeous Halloween. Um, yeah. Hope it's nice and spooky. Hope your teeth get sore from all the sweets. Although it's a different um, one to normal. To be honest, it's even better because yeah. you don't have annoying kids knocking at your door all day. So. Yeah. Great, great. Right. I don't normally have that anyway. So. Oh my god, I have like I usually have a ten thousand children and yeah, teenagers. Geez, that's much. It's actually more like a hundred kids and a thousand teenagers that don't even dress up. They just come along with their backpacks and they're like, "Give me candy." That's also real lame. I'm like, if you're a teenager and you're not dressing up, I'm like, go to camp in the park or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're too old to dress up, then you're too old to be looking for free candy. <laughs> for free candy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We've been Folking Legends and we've had a fucking good time. Bye.